On this episode of the BYO Nano Podcast, having a virtual presence for your small brewery is imperative to help the physical business grow. We'll do a deep dive into social media to learn about best practices from a leading expert, and then we'll hear how one nano brewery has approached building an online community. This is John Hall, and welcome to episode 39. And a quick word on content. This show is for nano brewers, both existing and in planning. So tell us what you want to hear. What are the topics that you want to learn more about? What issues are you interested in? And who are the brewers you want to hear from? Email us. It's nano at byo.com. And now on to the show. We spend a lot of time thinking about physical spaces, tap rooms, brew house layouts, beer gardens, and it can be hard to focus on the virtual spaces. But Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and more are important ways to keep a brewery top of mind and to show off creativity. Social media can be intimidating for some or a burden for others, but having a plan can ease those worries and bring people to your actual doorstep. This episode features two guests. Julie Rhodes of Not Your Harvey Marketing, and Brian Goodman of Rushford and Sons Brewhouse. But first, a word of thanks to this episode's sponsors, and we hope you'll give them a closer look. Fermentus. Hey, Nano Brewers. Discover Safe Brew BR-8 by Fermentus, the first dry brett for secondary fermentation in bottle and casks. This yeast strain will help you add a slightly funky, specific phenolic character to your beers. Available in 100-gram and 5-gram packaging. Discover more about Safe Brew BR-8 at HomebrewCon 2023 by attending the Fermentus exclusive presentation, Britannomyces, From Spoilage Organism to Rising Star. And we're brought to you by ABS Commercial. ABS Commercial has been a full-service brewery outfitter for over 10 years, offering brew houses, tanks, keg washers, and small parts to brewers across the country. They're in this business because they are brewers, so they know the ins and outs of the process and can design the perfect setup for you. They keep tanks in stock and ready to ship so you can get equipment in your hands sooner. Contact a brewery consultant today by emailing sales at abs-commercial.com. Also, get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nano plus for more details. Let's get into the conversations. With over two decades of experience in the food and beverage industry, Julie Rhodes is an authority on offsite beverage sales, digital marketing, leadership, team management, and distributor partnership management. She is the owner of Not Your Hobby Marketing Solutions, an educational services and strategic business consulting company built specifically for small to medium-sized craft beverage companies, where she teaches owners and operators how to work smarter not harder. In addition to being an educator and strategic advisor, she is also the industry editor for porchdrinking.com, an active public speaker, is Cicerone certified, 
serves on the National Board of Directors for the Pink Boots Society, and is a member of the North American Guild of Beer Writers, the American Cider Association, Women of the Vine and Spirits, and multiple state trade associations. She is a mentor for the Brewers Association and also sits on the BA's DEI Marketing and Communications Subcommittee. Julia is also one of the founding members of the Safe Bars Pact Initiative and the Safer Workspaces Initiative. When not working, you can find her spending time with her husband and two boys in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado or watching sci-fi movies. Julie, welcome to the BYO Nano podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat. In thinking about social media, uh, and this is something that's been on, on my mind recently, is I'm noticing a pronounced difference between how you can run your personal social media accounts versus how maybe you should run your business social media accounts. And there's some folks that don't always see the difference between the two and it can get confusing on the business side or, or vice versa. Where do you stand on that? Should there be a separation of personal versus business? Yes, definitely. Although Facebook makes that very difficult because most of the time you have to run your business account as an extension of a personal account. Um, so that gets a little bit gray. I'm I'm not a huge fan of that structure, but I'm also not Zuckerberg. So yeah. I can't really can't, call You it. can't fight digital city hall. <laughs> That's something completely out of my control. But yeah, there <laughs> there's, there's a big difference between um, you know, funny cat videos and pictures of your kids and, um, you know, what you're doing at the gym, uh, you know, versus um, posting about your business, which is a selling environment. Ultimately, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that um, people forget is that, um, and not to, you know, this is like shameless plug for my company, but um, that was kind of the ethos behind the name of my company, which is not your hobby marketing. And that is, we now have a business license, right? Like we've graduated from either homebrewing or, um, you know, competition stuff that is just a hobby. And, and now you have to make profits in some way, shape or form. So you've got to be able to sort of take yourself out of a personal mindset and put yourself into a business mindset because we do have to sell things. I is there, how do you have that conversation with folks of, because for so long in, in and around the craft beer space, there was this, oh, I'm just doing it for the passion. I'm doing it for the beer. And the business side and the money side wasn't always talked about, even though it was sort of understood. Whereas these days, I, I think the point that you're trying to drive home is coming up more and more of you want to keep the lights on. You want to pay yourself and your people. You want health insurance. You know, treat it like it is a business. And is, has that been a tough conversation to have with folks of be in the selling mindset, be in the business mindset? It's easier now than it was like 10 years ago, honestly, okay. um, way easier now. I think, um, the craft beer industry overall, and, you know, I also like to include like cider and seltzer, you know what I mean? Just craft beverage in general. Of course it, it is. Um, it has changed drastically um, since, you know, and I say a decade, that's really rough, honestly. Um, you know, I would say 
things started really like picking up pace, like 2010, 2011, especially like 2013. Oh yeah. Um, When you saw all the breweries open. Yeah. The opening rates went up. That's when we started to see, um, you know, people sort of freaking out about mergers and acquisitions, uh, you know, because it was really a passion driven industry and it still is. Don't get me wrong. It, It is very much there, but um, you can't pay bills with passion. I, I hate to be so um, hardcore about it's that. It's true, though. But, yeah. Um, you know, but there's there's a line. There's a decision that you have to make at some point if you're in this industry. Do I enjoy doing it um, as a hobby, like for recreation, where there's no pressure? Like it can be pure passion and love and creativity, and there's no pressure um, to no finance or marketing or sales or any of that kind of stuff. And a lot of people are totally fine with that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a path and a decision that you have to make for yourself. Um, the folks that do want to go, you know, full blown into it and make it into a career, you have to get it in your head that this is a, it's a business. Um, you know, for some people, it's just an investment. It's not something um, that they're passionate about. Um, and that's okay too. I, there, there's room for everybody. Um, and, uh, but it is a hard conversation to have. I, it's a little bit of tough love, honestly, um, when I do work with folks and I have to say, it's really great that you want to brew you know, X, Y, Z bourbon barrel aged, whatever. Right. But are your customers going to drink it or do you just want to drink it? Yeah. <laughs> because, um, you can't buy your own stock. I mean, you can, but it kind of right. the purpose of having a, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's a little bit more accepted now because I think, um, there are more breweries. It is more of a very, I, I mean, we're talking craft beer itself is just like a multi-billion dollar industry at this point. So um, we're not the underdogs anymore. Um, a, a very, yes, we're still facing challenges. Don't get me wrong. Please don't take that the wrong way. Oh, yeah. No, it, yeah. But but we're not like the, you know, uh, shoestring budget. You know, some people still are, but it's like, it's not really like the grassroots, like, uh, you know, we got to bootstrap everything and we're, we're facing an uphill battle because everybody's drinking yellow fizzy, whatever. That's just not the case anymore. Um, so the door has been opened a little bit wider, um, than it used to be. Um, so I think people are more open these days to talking about the business side of things. How necessary is social media for a small brewery? Uh, if you want to sell things a hundred percent necessary. Um, and a lot of the folks that I speak with, they have a lot of trouble connecting the dots between sales and marketing. Um, the thing is, uh, if you are not on social media, uh, marketing your, uh, beverage business, um, letting people know about what you're selling, what you have to offer, what's special about your company, why they should invest their time and their money with you, um, you are going to run into some very big problems down the road. It might be okay for a little while, um, but eventually you're going to run into a wall. Um, Social media has become 
just as commonplace as radio and TV advertising back in the day. Um, it is a substitute for things like uh, print media, although that makes me sad because I'm a writer. Um, yeah, that makes but, me sad too. Yeah. <laughs> um, support your print publications, <laughs> everybody, by the way. Please support yes, your print but, publications like BYO. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'll use just an example. Like if you look at old advertisements for say like Budweiser or Genesee or something like that, that was a traditional space. Like you're in a magazine, you have a full page spread. And, and that was how you educated people and let them know about your products. Um, social media does the exact same thing. It's just in a digital format. Um, so it's just, it's become an evolution of, um, a form of advertising. Now it takes different forms. Organic is unpaid. Um, paid is paid. You know, some of this you own, uh, what, what in marketing we call owned assets. Some of it is, um, unowned, some of it's earned, some of it's unearned. Um, it gets very confusing. I don't want to confuse anybody in the time that we have today, but I think just saying, um, having a presence on social media in at least like at the minimum, Facebook and Instagram. There's lots of other people that do different channels. Um, and that's fine. Um, don't think that you have to be on every channel. It can get very overwhelming. Um, but that is where a lot of consumers and potential customers go to find out information about your business and what you're producing and where you're located and when you're open and things like that. So if you um, aren't on those platforms, it's going to be very hard to find out about your business. The other thing that I've, I've noticed as well is that a lot of times breweries don't either update their hours on those platforms. So they maybe do it once uh. and they set up a page. Um, <laughs> But, you know, uh, or they're not communicating on uh, on holidays. We've had, uh, you know, in the first part of the year, you always have a bunch of three day weekends for MLK and President's Day and and and, and things like that. And um, a lot of breweries were open on on those Mondays, but didn't update their social media accordingly. It's not just enough to do it once. It's not. No. And um, actually, that became especially important when. Um, you know, if anybody's drinking while they're listening to this, you can take a drink. When I say COVID, I'm going to try not to say it like too many times, but that's the old pivot game. Yeah, they, exactly. So I, you know, that became imperative, um, during times of like shutdowns and odd hours and, and things like that. Um, and you have to remember, not only do you need to do it on your social channels, but you also need to do it on your website. Um, there are folks out there that are not living in your same bubble and they don't know when you're open and you're actually losing sales by not doing something as simple as just like digging in and updating your operating hours. Um, even if you don't go into like your settings and, and you know, modify your like regular hours, at least do like a quick post or something that just says, hey, you know what, we're gonna be shut down for, you know, X holiday, or we have modified hours, or we're having a staff party, and we're going to be shut down for a little bit, you know, things like that can be really helpful. There's going to be some, well, maybe I'll get to that in a second. Um, how often should people be updating their social media? Because I, there's, 
I talked to some brewers where they say, you know, it's three of us who are here, or two of us, or it's just me. And I have to you know, brew and run the tap room. And then I have to clean up at the end of the day. And I just don't have the time or the energy or, you know, I'm just not all that interested in updating, um, you know, Facebook all the time or you sure. know, putting up new pictures on Instagram or things like that. Is there, how often should people be, be doing it in, 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 in your opinion? Um, bare minimum. I always tell people to shoot for three times a week. Um, that's just kind of rule of thumb. You know, I, I spend a lot of time, um, on continuing education myself. I, I have a BA in marketing, but that doesn't mean, you know, I can keep up with all the things that are happening. If people haven't noticed, um, you probably should by now, but social media changes on the daily. Um, so if you're not, you know, and, and that's a big part of it, right? Like the overwhelm is that it just, it changes so quickly and um, content creation is time consuming. That, that's going to take a back seat a lot of the times if you're wearing multiple hats, like most people are, um, especially at this production level, you know, um, you are the brewery, right? You're the <laughs> owner, operator, brewer, financial officer, marketing person, salesperson, you know, you, you pretty much, most people are wearing multiple, multiple hats. Um, I actually teach quite a few courses on this. I'm a big fan of batch planning in advance. Um, is it ideal? Is it as fun as like spur of the moment, super funny video, you know, for an Instagram reel or something like that? No, it's not. But you know what? You don't have time for that right now. I, I want people to do the best that they can. And so I like setting the bar kind of low at the beginning. If you can crank out through, you know, like three posts a week at the beginning um, and, and utilize, and it doesn't cost you anything, just utilize the Facebook um, scheduling tool. You know, do I like yeah. the meta business platform? Absolutely not. I despise it. I think it's horribly not user-friendly, but Oh man, um, but, all but of our, all of our, our Facebooks are about <laughs> to start glitching and then they're just, they're not gonna be able to yeah. figure out why it's so, it's so weird. Something in the code, you've just jinxed us all. I'm Thank sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to put that bad juju on anybody, but um, <laughs> they do have a free, it, but it's, yeah, free. no, it's not great. It's it, not great. I'll agree with you on great, that. Yeah. But you know, you can schedule maybe like a week or two weeks you know, go through baby steps, right? Don't overwhelm yourself at first. Um, but, you know, while you're having coffee on the weekend or something in the morning, go through and schedule like three posts for the next week. And then you don't have to mess with it, can, right? Can, and then, yeah, yeah, like then go to two weeks and then go to three weeks and then go to four weeks. And, you know, if anybody wants to start doing this, I always tell people, um, take two pictures every day or a video oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, here's a secret. No one knows when you took that photo. Like you don't have to take the photo and post it immediately. That's bonkers. You don't have, you don't have time to do that. You know what I mean? Take two pictures about your business on a, on a daily basis. And then you're sitting on a, a camera roll of like 14 or 15 different images by the end of the week. And then just schedule to post them later. You know, no, no one's going to I know. love that. I love, I love that. That's yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I will say, um, be mindful if this is just from, from stuff that I've remembered, not that I've fortunately I've not run into, but, um, remember what you're posting and pay attention to the larger world. And that if something is going up at an inopportune time because of breaking news or whatever, uh, be ready to take it down. I, I remember like two years ago, I still laugh at this Weber grills, um, had a social media post and an email blast and everything uh, for like their recipe of the week. And it was for uh, grilled meatloaf. And it released on the day that meatloaf, the musician died. Oh, geez. And okay. they had to do this <laughs> retraction email of like, we are uh, uh, terribly sorry to all the fans of meatloaf. We meant no disrespect. And like the, the right. response was actually funnier than the, than the initial yeah, email. Yeah, sometimes you can, um, you know, make yeah. scrambled eggs out of broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was. You know, but they, but they, they, they were really apologetic, and apparently, I guess they got some outrage from 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 folks as well. So, um, just sort of keep keep that in mind of what's happening if you're scheduling stuff out. If, uh, you know, the world is going to hell, uh, definitely, you know, it might it's, not be a time for a huge celebratory post or something. Yeah, yeah, I do tell people. Um, you know, batch planning is something that I really stress as important for, you know, smaller producers that don't have a dedicated marketing person that need to kind of maximize their time and efficiency. Um, but it's not a crock pot. You can't just like, you know, set it and forget it. You you do have to make sure that you stay on top of things at least a little bit just to make sure that you don't have a disaster on your yeah. hands. Yeah. What about building a social media identity for the brewery. I, I know that there's some folks who, you know, will, you know, post three times a week saying, you know, Hey, it's our, you know, our, our Irish stout is going to tap on Friday, the 17th. Um, you know, our, our Saison is going to tap, you know, next Wednesday, et cetera. And it's just, you know, beer releases. There's other places that will uh, do funny videos. There's other places that will uh, try to uh, give a peek behind the, the brewing curtain or to highlight specific employees. How, how important is it to have a social media identity for the brewery, you know, that, that people kind of come to look forward to or come to expect? Sure. Um, this is incredibly important this day and age. I say that just in the modern landscape that we're in right now with social media marketing. And, um, you'll see kind of a buzzword floating around probably at least for the next couple of years. And, um, that phrase is community building, right? So like going beyond just we're releasing this, come by this, da, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that's what we call asking for the sale. Um, that is something that you have to do. Um, but you can't just ask people to buy things all the time. You want them to have a relationship with your brand. Um, now bear with me when I, when I say this, um, and this is not meant to be in like an inappropriate way at all, but I tell people to date their customers um, because you can't just assault somebody with a sales pitch, like with the first time that you meet them, it's going to feel very uncomfortable um, for them, it's like going on a first date and asking somebody to move in with you immediately. You know, it's very, um, you know, it feels uh, it just it, uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> you don't know that yeah. person very well. Um, you kind of have to think about that with your brand. You have to establish a relationship. Well, how do you establish like a positive 
you know, healthy relationship that is reciprocal, well, you start off with small talk, right? Like baby steps, you get to know each other. So don't underestimate the power of just informing people, hey, this is where we're located. This is our address. This is our neighborhood. We care about our community or, hey, these are our operating hours. You know, those are considered like bits of informative piece of information. And believe it or not, those are steps for relationship building with your audience. They might seem very small um, and it might seem insignificant, but it's not. It really is not because what it does is um, creates a very non-pressure filled environment for that person to consume more of your content um, in a way that, you know, they don't feel like they're getting pitched at or, you know, that's why uh, you hear the term like used car salesman because it's very like abrasive, right? Mm -hmm. And aggressive and it feels kind of like you're being attacked. <laughs> um, and nobody really likes that. Our human brains don't like that. So think about sort of easing your customer into being like a regular at your tap room, you know, like, like how, it, like maybe you invite them in for happy hour. Maybe you say like, we're having a food truck, come have dinner with us, you know, things like that. Just start small. Um, I would say if people are having trouble grasping that, um, there's a book that you can read. Now I want everybody to, I'm going to recommend a book and I want people to take it with a grain of salt because it is not geared at beverage marketing, which is okay. a little bit different, but um, Gary Vaynerchuk uh, wrote a book, a what, this is years ago. It's called jab, 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 right hook. Yeah. Um, and the concept in that book, if you take the con like the 10,000 foot concept of you have to give, 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 and then ask, that's what I would want people to take away from that book is that, um, sometimes you just have to give information for a while to like build up that trust and build that relationship. And then you can ask them to buy something. And it feels very like natural and normal to our human brains when something like that happens instead of just like assaulting them with sales pitches. How important is the number of followers? Nah, that's a vanity metric. That's if you could see me, I'm talking with my hands right now and I'm like shaking my, <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, no, it's, um, it's important somewhat, uh, in terms of important marketing metrics to look at, I would put it in the middle, honestly, not, not in the top things to be looking at. Um, social media is about um, building relationships, building communities and interaction. Um, it's about engagement. So it's starting conversations. It's asking questions. It's sending messages. It's, um, a reciprocal exchange of information and value. Right. Um, so yes, it's great to have a lot of eyeballs on our brand and our products and what we're doing. Um, but think about it this way. If you have 10,000 followers, right, and your engagement score is so low that only like, I don't know, like 50 people are actively engaged with your social media page, um, those 10,000 followers aren't worth jack. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint yeah. anybody. 
Um, it's sort of a quality over quantity thing. I would rather you have 2000 followers and have you have 1500 of those people like, you know, pay attention to your posts, make comments, ask questions, RSVP to events, send you messages, you know, share your posts, stuff like that. So engagement score, if you're in that lovely meta dashboard, um, <laughs> that, that is something that is very important to look at. Um, and that goes beyond likes. Um, so it's your engagement score goes up when somebody has to make a concerted effort to interact with your content. So that's leaving a comment, um, sharing, reposting, um, tagging a friend, uh, DMing, you know, sending you a DM to ask a question about the business or a product, um, RSVPing to an event, stuff like that. So it goes beyond just sheer number of followers and, and the likes that you're getting. We are coming up on the first day of spring and there's, uh, People start talking about spring cleaning or fresh starts, or it's sort of like another new reset for uh, for for the year. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here, but do you have a spring challenge for small brewers and what they should be thinking about for social media? Oh, I do actually. This is something that I tell people. Quite we didn't a bit. rehearse this. This is great. I no, this is totally off the cuff, but I, <laughs> I tell people this all the time. I would challenge people just to do one, one thing. I don't care how many times you're posting per week, by the way, whatever this doesn't, it's not dependent on that. Put a call to action in your social media post every single time, every single time. What that actually means. And also for short, it's called a CTA. If you see you know, if you Google that, you're going to see a bunch of acronyms and, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's called a call to action. What this allows me to do is it guides me as a customer and as a consumer of your content, right? Um, I know what to do with your post. I'm not just staring at it. Um, it's like the difference between watching something on Netflix and um, doing like a choose your own adventure game, like on your computer, because there's interaction, right? So I see this so much. And honestly, um, I see this with small breweries and I see this with huge breweries. This is so incredibly important because like I said, really social media, that algorithm is craving engagement. It wants somebody to click on something. It wants them to share something. It wants them to comment. So what your call to action does, even if you have like a tiny post that says, uh, we're releasing an Irish Red next week for St. Patrick's Day. When you put a link there that says like, click here to learn more about our beer, right? Yeah. Or click here uh, to visit our website, um, you know, to find out about our St. Patrick's Day party. Um and it doesn't have to be a link. It could be something else, but um, it could be, you know, tag a, tag a friend that you want to bring with you or um, share this out if you're a big fan of the brewery and you want to support local small business. But it's telling me what to do with your post instead of just me staring at a picture or a video and being like, oh, that's great. And then I'm just going to move on. Yeah. 
So that's my challenge to everybody this spring, put something in your caption that gives me something to do with your post in some way. I love it. I know you're going to be speaking at some conferences coming up, including uh, the New York State uh, Brewers Conference and uh, uh, the the State Cider Conference a, a, as well. Um, but if people aren't going to be in the Empire State um, or <laughs> where you will be in person, uh, where would you like them to find you online? Oh, gosh, I would love for them to cruise over to my website. Um, it is uh, notyourhobbymarketing.com, um, spelled like it sounds pretty easy. Um, I want, I'm a one woman show. So if you, you send, if you ping me on the website, it's going to go straight to me. Um, but, uh, I have a fun thing. I am a business writer. Um, I do, I, I joke around that my consulting company, uh, fuels my writing habit. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I have, uh, a super fun email that goes out to people. It's called the, the bottleneck, um, dealing with, you know, challenges that we face in the beverage industry. So I would, I would love to have you on my email list. Um, it is not a newsletter. I'm very adamant about that. Um, no one wants another newsletter in their inbox. Um, this one's fun. I've been putting okay. this in a couple of years. I would love for them to join in. And then there's a few other ways that they can find out about working with me. Um, I have things for, you know, options for all levels of folks. Honestly, when I started on this journey, like almost four years ago, um, it was because I didn't think that there was enough educational content or resources available for, you know, startup all the way through like medium-sized folks. And so that's kind of what I strive to do. Well, everybody should go to the website, sign up for the, for the email, not the newsletter. Not the newsletter. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm on all the socials. So if you want to follow me, um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all at not your hobby marketing. I'm even on TikTok, if you can believe wow. that. Wow. on TikTok. What do you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> something, something for everybody to check out. Um, Julie, thanks for being on the show this month. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. More in a moment, but first, thanks to this episode's sponsors, and I hope you'll give them a closer look. Fermentus. Hey, Nano Brewers, discover Safe Brew BR 8 by Fermentus, the first dry brett for secondary fermentation in bottle and casks. This yeast strain will help you add a slightly funky, specific phenolic character to your beers. Available in 100 gram and 5 gram packaging. Discover more about Safe Brew BR 8 at HomebrewCon 2023 by attending the Fermentus exclusive presentation, Britannomyces From Spoilage Organism to Rising star. And we're brought to you by ABS Commercial. ABS Commercial has been a full-service brewery outfitter for over 10 years, offering brew houses, tanks, keg washers, and small parts to brewers across the country. They're in this business because they are brewers, so they know the ins and outs of the process and can design the perfect setup for you. They keep tanks in stock and ready to ship so you can get equipment in your hands sooner. Contact a brewery consultant today by emailing sales at abs-commercial.com. Also, get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus 
a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nano plus for more details. And now into the brew house to talk about how one brewery in Massachusetts is approaching their social media plan. Rushford and Sons Brew House is a locally oriented and community focused nano brewery in Upton Center, founded by childhood friends Mike Rushford, Brian Goodman, and Eric Martin. They spent the last 14 years inventing, developing, and honing techniques and recipes for craft beer that are both accessible and nuanced. Brian Goodman, who is sales and administration manager, joined me via Zoom. Is there something that is bubbling away, something that is getting ready to be tapped that you are? excited about maybe more so than others well you know it's interesting i know a lot of beer people right now especially in massachusetts where we are all about the new england ipas and the hazy ipas um the beer i'm most excited about right now is probably about as polar opposite from that as you can get i'm excited we have a honeyed pilsner that we do which was originally more of a german style pilsner that we add some local honey to which is a little bit of our shtick but then what i love about it is it's very easy drinking the honey is a very slight presence so you can definitely taste it it's definitely there but it's not a it's not dominating the you know the very you know the delicate malt builds that you get in a good german pilsner I can you, can you tell me a little bit more about your shtick? What do you mean by that? Okay, so um, uh, yeah, of course, John. That's right. You, you've you've never been. Um, so our best selling beer that we have is the Bee's Knees, which is our honey blonde. So um, we opened, which okay, so let's go a little bit back. Uh, we opened actually in December 2020 uh, for curbside can sales only. We were just doing cans and didn't do any actual service until we opened a beer garden in April of 21, and then our full tap room in November of 21. But all throughout. Our best seller always was our Bee's Knees, which is our Honey Blonde. Um, it's 5.3%, so it's still fairly, you know, it's not exactly a heavy beer. It is pretty light, crisp, and refreshing, but it's kind of medium light-bodied, where um, last year we did a little bit of experimentation with it. We did a um, our Honey Pilsner, which, you know, how do we get a lighter, a medium light body even lighter, is we dial the ABV back down to 4.5%, and we do a traditional lager style, and it's just for as it starts to warm up in my opinion it's absolutely refreshing and you know being in the industry you know there's days you can be drinking for eight ten hours straight but you still need to keep your head on and you still need to drive home at the end of the day so especially for those days something that's low test that's easy drinking that you don't really need to think about too much uh, those are the beers i look forward more to than the heavy ones but with our honey stick too we also do a beer called queen bee which is a bracket which is kind of half mead, half beer. And that's the bees knees amped up to eight and a half percent with a lot more honey flavor. And that is just sweet and thick and definitely uh, very full bodied beer as opposed to the bees knees, which is medium light or the, the uh, bees light, which is the honey pilsner, which is very light bodied. What was there an original thought as you were getting ready to open? Uh, I, I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just sort of picturing a early pandemic conversation of, you know what the world needs right now is a lot of honey beers. Um, what was the, what, how, how did your brewery become so honey focused? I don't know if it necessarily became honey focused. It's just that um, it, it really all just came around that, um, you know, our honey blondes happen to be our best seller. So to put it in perspective, 
we just released, you know, within the last three, you know, we're doing this is we're on year three right now. Year three, what is Matt? I mean, uh, year three, I think. Yeah, and um, if you don't really count 2020, I mean, we're open for a month in 2020, but um, it's just that I wouldn't necessarily, you know, we, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting myself sidetracked. Here, but, um, you know, we have 25 beers that we do. Three of them happen to be happen to have honey, but all three of them are incredibly popular. And uh, well, the bee's knees is one that we opened with and we, it has consistently been our bestseller, maybe with the exception of when we do the pumpkin beer in September and October that generally just dominates everything. But the rest of the year, it's uh, bee's knees has always been our bestseller. I, so it wasn't I, necessarily, but also it ties back in. Check us out, John. I'm going to tie it all into social media and, <laughs> and our just general all right. strategy. Because um, we source our honey. There's a local apiary that's one town over um, that we get all our honey from. And I mean, I always my always joke is that my professional medical opinion for entertainment purposes only is that local honey is actually great for your allergies. So if you drink a lot more of our beer, it'll, you know, your allergies will go away. Maybe. I don't know. You should give it a try. But um, it just, uh, again, using that the locally sourced ingredients where we can and where it makes sense to, to uh, enhance our products, I've, it ties into our general business philosophy of small batch. Well, I mean, the business philosophy is small batch, high markup. But the way you get there is by uh, being very community focused and becoming a you know, kind of that center, that apex of a small community and a town that really was crying out for it. And which with our particular location where there's, you know, a nice restaurant on the other side of town, but their bar is tiny and it's not really their jam. And then you have the townie place, which is lovely. The owner of the new owner over there is a great guy too, but you know, it's, it's a very different vibe and one that, you know, you're not bringing your kids over to the townie bar to play Kino and, you know, do that whole thing. Um, you weren't raised in my family, but yeah, that's fine. (laughs) I suppose not. Listen, no judgment, man, but you know, it's just, um, it's not, you know, it's not really the family friendly place. And we wanted, you know, Mike, who's Mike Rushford, my business partner, hence the Rushford and sons. Um, he was always the beer guy and I got into it because his beer, when he he started home brewing in 2006, so his beer was always so good. And I said, okay, what can I contribute to, um, a brewery business and it never was you know the beer that's his thing for me it was okay well let's create a community around this product and not only sell beer for money like it's our job but also give something back to where we are doing it and make it a local sustainable business that gives something and doesn't just take from a community and uh, this our social media strategy i think kind of reflects that philosophy so how has social media helped you achieve that goal? Okay. So going into this, none of us were really social media people. Like, you know, I've always, I mean, I've, I've been on Facebook for, I don't know, for a long time and Instagram. I really, I've been, I'm not really a big Instagram guy, but it had to be because I'm a small business owner and uh, you know, all the other, those are the really, that's where we really mostly focus and uh, just in this day and age, especially with our demographic, Instagram and Facebook are just such invaluable tools to getting your message out there and uh, making sure you can commute when you have different things going on or different beers coming out or different events at the brewery. It's just a really great way to communicate with your community in real time. I mean, 
all the other stuff around uh, the companies that run these, we can avoid that, but just social media and the popular social media platforms that your demographic kind of, where your demographic lives, whether you like them or not, that's where you got to be. When you were, you know, I, I think Facebook is, is, is good for personal use and certainly for, for, for a lot of businesses. And it's, it's pretty intuitive for, you know, it's user-friendly for the purposes. Um, running social media and having social media for a business is a whole other beast. Um, has there been a learning curve? Has there been, you know, work that you've put into, you know, saying, okay, you know, this is working, this isn't, um, to, 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 to build that community that you've envisioned? I, I guess the simple question is, you know, what kind of work have you put into learning yourself? The biggest thing is, and what worked for us is being consistent to start out and being consistent and paying attention more than anything else. So um, making sure we are posting, you know, at least stories daily, posts mostly daily, but um, making sure that it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing this today. Like, nope, it's part of the job. You have to be very consistent and make sure that you are, you have an established social media presence. I know there's a lot of you know, places that I look at where like, you know, their last post was from two years ago. I was just like, all right, is this place even open rather than, oh, hey, we have this going on this week. We have this going on next week. Oh, here's what's going on tonight. Oh, we have this new beer available. So even just being consistent, even if you don't really have anything coming out, posting a funny, you know, a funny meme or somebody's picture, um, just that consistent engagement will uh, drive things more than anybody else. And once you have that, once you are engaging consistently your community starts engaging more consistently and then you can really pay attention to the metrics that you get pretty much from everybody of okay this post really took off this post didn't what's the difference what are the posts that really take off what's the frequency i can do these kind of posts without losing effectiveness and that kind of mindset so in in flipping through your instagram i i was seeing that there are all kinds of different posts. Um, you are posting some memes now and again. Uh, there are uh, product shots of, of of new beers or what's on tap. You have uh, folks uh, at the bar, uh, employees. Um, it, there's all sorts of different streams that you are uh, that you're touching as far as um, you know how you're getting your message out there. Ha have you found that that combination works? Are you still trying to figure out? what a brand identity is on social media is this or is this the brand identity i mean i think that's the brand identity because again being community focused it's important to i mean I'll, number one again i like to think that we you know are an ethical company that again wants to not just take from a community but give back but with that said our number one goal is to sell beer for money because we all have bills to pay and mouths to feed so making sure that we always are highlighting the real reason to come down here, which is enjoy a pint, which is enjoy a pint, is always paramount to whatever we're posting. With that said, I find having that good mix of the memes, uh, making sure, you know, humanizing our staff, and they're not just people that stand here and pour beer, but they're people who have fun and laughing and people you want to engage with, because uh, it helps make people more comfortable here. Um, I find there's a lot of places that post a lot of memes, which I'm a meme guy, what can I say? But with that said, having a 
low dose of memes because some memes are funny, but you can absolutely overdo it. And the biggest thing is you don't want with a lot of memes. A lot of times they can be alienating. And with any of our social media, we never really want to alienate. We want to include as many people as possible because being a community focused uh, company, it's really about including everybody and including the entire community. So if you have a polarizing meme, memes just a lot of the times can be polarizing. So it's really finding the right ones to slip in there and have fun because also we're selling beer. Beer is fun. And also just those straight communications that, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the events. Here's that kind of stuff. Um, mixing all of that in together where I can have a laugh. I can know what's going on. I can humanize someone kind of and still even though these are all very different social media posts, they still have that, uh, the fact that we have that consistency throughout of this is what you can kind of see. This is how much fun you'll have if you're here. Hey, here's a funny joke. Here's a reason to come down. All of it kind of gels together. Am I rambling, John? Or am no, I no, no, no. This is, this is, this is, this is why I asked you on the, so you get the, the likes, the thumbs up, the hearts, the, you know, the, whatever the, you know, the, the responses on the social media platforms. Um, have you had any, as the kids would say, IRL in real life um, feedback from, from folks who have engaged with you on social media, you know, from, from your neighbors, from the folks in the community, do they, they're obviously there, they're, they're drinking, they're buying pints, they're excited about honey beer. Um, but do they talk to you about your social media? Absolutely. And I, I try not to weave it in too much, but a healthy amount. I know. Um, I mean, but yes, they do. And it's all, it's always gratifying because every now and then I'll post something like, I don't know, a few weeks ago I had, my bartender was sick. So I had to work, I was working the bar and work too many bar shifts anymore, but I, I posted on there, like I, I post, I wrote a haiku and I said like, Hey, come in today and ask for a haiku and I'll write you one. And I had a bunch of people come in like, Hey, Brian, where's my haiku? And you know, <laughs> and you know, had a lot of fun, you know, it, it costs nothing. You just have to be a little creative, which is always good for the brain. And uh, it's just a great way to engage with customers. And if they're like, okay, well, we, you know, we like, you know, we can go to this restaurant or this bar, or we can go to this bar because they're, because, you know, the owner is going to be behind the bar writing haikus. Like people see that and it's something that they're not going to see on any other social media feed. So occasionally weaving stuff in like that, or, you know, I know it's social media 101 and I don't try to overdo it so much, but oftentimes too, it'll be like, Hey, this is what, like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? Which if you do that too much, I feel like a lot with a lot of smaller businesses, it can backfire because people don't engage and it's just kind of, you know, you're asking your audience to write your post for you rather than writing it yourself. But um, giving people stuff to engage with, especially when you're community focused and it's not some faceless brand they can see, you know, we do make sure we have their employee shots on there. So they, they know who they're going to see when they come see here. We have this picture. We try to have pictures of the bar full. So like, look, look how much fun that looks. This is how much fun you will have been being here. We have our communication posts, which, you know, which say, okay, cool. This is what I can expect when I'm down there. And then occasionally you know, weaving those engage, like, Hey, come engage with, engage with us in person rather than on social media. Okay. I know I have an in to engage. I can have that fun and not just sit there at the bar, not knowing anybody, not talking to anybody and just having a beer and leaving. I think I'm being coherent, John. Am I communicating properly? You, you are. No, this is, this okay. is, this is great for everybody. Um, can I put you on the spot for a haiku? All right, John, ready? Ready. 
In life, you need to accept the invitation to learn and grow. Love it. That's fantastic. Since we are talking social media, uh, tell everybody listening where they should go uh, to follow you on social media. Okay. So we, we predominantly are on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Rass Brew, at Rass Brew House on both. Right, Mike? So That's R A S. It's on everything around here. Facebook and Instagram at Rass Brew House on both. Uh, we're funny. At least I think we are. And one thing I am trying to do too is more reels and not just reels of, I know a lot of breweries do reels of like them, like brewing the beer, which I don't know, which is like, it's fine. Having those occasionally is good. Now they, I've been trying to be a little bit more creative lately. In fact, I just did one last week. I did uh, Upton Noir, which I'm very proud of too. So, but uh, at Rass Brew House on both. Uh, really quick, uh, I you mentioned that um, you have the branding everywhere, or you 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 mentioned that uh, um, you have your social media handles up all over the brewery. Yeah, well, not necessarily all over. We have our little announcement board that you see right when you walk in, and you know it's it's on there, and it's also on all of our cans as well. That's a good way of of giving people an opportunity to engage. Thank you. I agree. Because again, with us, um, one of the big questions I always have and continue to ask myself, you know, I think we are slightly below to have to at the average for what you pay at a craft brewery. But if I'm like, but regardless, you can go to any, you know, package store in Massachusetts. I mean, I don't, I don't I know packies aren't a thing elsewhere, but you know, any uh, liquor store, in Ma- like in Massachusetts and get a world-class four pack of beer for less than you would buy it here. Or, you know, you can go to your local bar, you can go to another bar and get a beer for less than you would pay here. Not always, but sometimes what is the primary driver? Like why would people come here and spend equal money or more money than they could elsewhere? And the biggest part of that is, is that feeling of engagement and feeling of community and feeling of belonging that we try to engender to all of our customers. And one of the easiest way to invite them to accept that invitation, calling it back, is to uh, have a social media that communicates what we do, what we're doing, and still letting people know that they can come down and have fun and who they're going to have fun with. And kind of making sure to have, regardless of what kind of post we're doing, having that general philosophy is uh, proving effective for us. I really dig it. Brian, thanks for taking the time and being on the show this month. Hey, John, absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it and can't wait to hear it on the uh, podcast. How are you using social media at your brewery? Tell us by emailing nano at byo.com or better yet, just tag BYO on the various BYO social media channels. And I'll invite you to head over to BYO.com slash nanopodcast. There, you can subscribe to the newsletter, the magazine, and catch up with great pro brewing content. New episodes of this show are released on the 15th of every month. So subscribe now and never miss a show when it's released. And you can also do us a favor by leaving feedback on your podcast platform of choice or by emailing, once again, nano at BYO.com or checking in with us on all of the BYO social media channels. As always, thanks so much to this episode's sponsors. Fermentus. Hey, Nano Brewers. Discover Safe Brew BR-8 by Fermentus 
the first dry brett for secondary fermentation in bottle and casks. This yeast strain will help you add a slightly funky, specific phenolic character to your beers. Available in 100 gram and 5 gram packaging. Discover more about Safe Brew BR 8 at HomebrewCon 2023 by attending the Fermentus exclusive presentation, Britannomyces From Spoilage Organism to Rising Star. And we're brought to you by ABS Commercial. ABS Commercial has been a full-service brewery outfitter for over 10 years, offering brew houses, tanks, keg washers, and small parts to brewers across the country. They're in this business because they are brewers, so they know the ins and outs of the process and can design the perfect setup for you. They keep tanks in stock and ready to ship so you can get equipment in your hands sooner. Contact a brewery consultant today by emailing sales at abs-commercial.com. Also, get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nano plus for more details. I'm John Hall, and you can still find me weekly behind the microphone on the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast from All About Beer. Find it where podcasts are found, and I hope you'll tune in. Our theme music was created by Scott McCampbell, and we thank him for that. And once again, be sure to check out byo.com slash nanopodcast for all of your nano brewing needs. And for now, we wish you all the best for a small but successful brew day.